What's news this week? Tory's plan could attract about 314,000 daily riders by 2031. Increasingly, Canadians are being forced to national news coverage because of cuts to local media. Leafs defenseman Matt Hunwick scored the game-winning goal with just 7.5 seconds left in the game. Welcome to What's News This Week. I'm Zachary Camp. And I'm Nick Kenya. Great to be back again. Today is Saturday, January 23rd. 2016. We've got a great lineup for you this week. We're going to be discussing the Goodwill closures. Smart track, John Tory's plan. Uh, we got a story about the Ontario debt that's piling up. Uh, then we are going to be talking news poverty and how the current media landscape looks across Canada. Then we have an interview uh, about a group in Toronto that's pairing up with post-secondary education institutions to bring Syrian families uh, to the area and integrate them into the community. And in sports, I will bring you another Leafs Week report along with the Raptors report and big steps for women in professional sports with a story from the Buffalo Bills. Let's uh, start it off with the story about Goodwill. This past week, many across the GTA were shocked at Goodwill's permanent closure of 16 stores. The charity generates 85% of its revenue from retail sales, but competitors like Walmart and the Dollar Store increasingly dominate the low-cost market. Goodwill employs 430 workers across the GTA and are represented by Canadian Airport Workers Union. Spokesperson Artan Milaj says the union had reached out to government and community groups to provide funding to reopen the stores. Transit studies released their results on John Tory's smart track plan that would connect Markham with the airport corporate center via Union Station with many new stations along the way. One report from the Toronto from the University of Toronto said Tory's plan could attract about 314,000 daily riders by 2031 depending on the frequency of the trains and the fare. The report also analyzed the best time to attract the most ridership, and that time is every 5 minutes as opposed to every 15. The reports also indicate that the smart track system could cut congestion on the York subway line by as much as 17%. Tory's plan was to use approximately 90% of smart track's length on existing GO train tracks. Last week, the Central Bank of Canada decided to hold interest rates at 0.5%. This is good news for the Wynne government as the provincial debt nears historic levels, almost $300 million. Interest payments are the second largest portion of the provincial budget, but will the freeze be enough to keep that budget balanced? The Ontario Liberals planned on balancing the books by the end of their first term, and Liberal supporters are now echoing the federal government's emphasis on keeping the debt-to-GDP ratio in check. But that all depends on the loonie gaining some stability. That's a big part of the reason the central bank decided to hold interest rates rather than lower them and risk further currency devaluation. Post Media announced it's cutting 90 editorial positions across Canada, the decision comes days after Torstar announced the closure of its Vaughan Print facilities, eliminating positions for 300 union staff members. The cuts are aimed at saving Post Media $80 million by the end of 2016. The result? A severe reduction of diverse news coverage in Vancouver, Edmonton, and Ottawa. 
Increasingly, Canadians are being forced to national news coverage because of cuts to local media, a trend that's being called news poverty. Justin Trudeau campaigned on bringing 25,000 Syrian refugees into Canada by the end of 2015. Now his administration is trying to reach that goal by the end of February. But Vancouver, Ottawa, Halifax, and now Toronto are asking the feds to hit the pause button. Municipal governments and community organizations claim they're too understaffed to handle the influx. And here's the response of Immigration Minister John McCallum. The machine is up, the machine is running. So the challenge today going forward is to receive them well, to help them find a place to live, a job, a language training, all of those things. And that involves working with provincial governments and municipalities on the settlement side. Toronto has so far received 1,000 families, with another 300 soon to arrive. Private sponsorships could help get more refugee families settled faster. One group, AMPD for Syria, is partnering with York, Ryerson, U of T, and OCAD universities in response to the current refugee crisis. And I had a chance to sit down with Amy Stewart. She's the chair of the AMPD for Syria campaign. Ryerson started the Lifeline Syria Challenge, where they challenged the other Toronto universities to sponsor Syrian refugee families. And the York response to that challenge was to encourage each faculty and school and other groups within our community to uh, come together and form sponsorship teams. 100% of all money given will go directly to the family that we're sponsoring. It's going to cover stuff like rent and food, their utilities, um, hopefully different educational opportunities for them too. Our first stage is just uh, to raise the minimum amount of money, at least the minimum amount of money, to invite the family to come, which is $27,000. But realistically, you can't support a family of four in Toronto on that kind of a budget. So we're hoping to raise more. You can't live forever in a hotel. If you really want to integrate into a community, you need a home and a permanent address, you know, a place where you can prepare your own food. And, um, you know, $27,000 won't last even close to a year of hotel living. So... Yeah, it's all about um, getting here, getting settled, and uh, becoming Canadians. After that, we'll be matched with a Syrian family, and we want to settle them here close to the university so that we can all be living close by and be there if they need them. We'll help them find a place to live, get their kids enrolled in school, get everybody enrolled in English classes, get them the ID that they need, introduce them to doctors, teach them how to grocery shop in Canada, use the TTC, you know, walk around, get them oriented to our community and yeah, basically just be there, whatever support that they need beyond that too whether it's emotional, you know, making friends, practicing English. That's one of the advantages of sponsorship through these sponsorship teams is that it's not just getting a check from the government every month. It's 
uh, getting the financial support that you need when you're coming from a difficult situation uh, to have a fresh start and have a team of people around you who want to see you succeed and want to do whatever they can to get you to that whatever success you want. The best way to give is online and just Google AMPD for Syria and you'll be directed to the AMPD website, which is ampd.yorku.ca. You'll find information there. It'd be really great if everyone could give generously and help us welcome a family to our community. If you want to make a donation, go to ampd.yorku.ca. Now, Nick, you've got your weekly report for the Leafs and the Raptors. Yes, I do. It was an up-and-down week for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They started on Tuesday with a 3-2 win on the road against the Philadelphia Flyers to end a five-game losing streak. Leafs defenseman Matt Hunwick scored the game-winning goal with just 7.5 seconds left in the game, which happened to be his first goal as a Maple Leaf. And so, comes free with it. Back out, shot. Hunwick scores! 7.5 seconds remaining, it deflected in front, and the Leafs have the lead. James Reimer made 31 of 33 saves, earning his eighth win on the year. This is what Hunwick had to say after the game about scoring his first goal as a Maple Leaf at the most opportune time. Well, I'm just happy to contribute. I think, you know, most nights it's in the defensive zone or on breakouts and kind of... Uh, under the radar, so to speak, but uh, it's always nice to chip in a goal and, and help the team win. The Maple Leafs were back at home on Thursday night hosting the Carolina Hurricanes. It was a scoreless snooze fest through, the regu- through regulation. The game went into overtime, and Eric Stahl of the Hurricanes gave his team the 1-0 win. James Reimer made 38 saves in the loss, and this was Mike Babcock's response when he was asked about what needs to change about the Leafs' lack of scoring. What are you expecting? I think I think these fours are doing what they do. How many guys really score? You know what I mean? Let's grind. Let's play. Let's. Well, I mean, uh, James James scored, right? James not score. Who else? Who? You know, that's what I'm saying to you. So I think you let's go to work. Let's just find ways to win games. Let's get people a net and pucks to the net and. Uh, it's not going to be pretty, but I don't think that surprises anybody. The Maple Leafs get back at it tonight against the Montreal Canadiens, who are struggling as of late with the lengthy injury to Carey Price. They have lost seven of the last ten games. This game is at the ACC. Now to the Raptors a week report. It was big news for Raptors guard Kyle Lowry, who was named an Eastern Conference starter for the NBA All-Star Game on February 14th in Toronto. This is Lowry's second straight All-Star appearance, and he is averaging 20.9 points per game along with 6.5 assists. But Lowry gave all the credit to his team. I wouldn't be here without my teammates. and I, was, I thank you know, all my teammates individually today. and um, I wouldn't be here without those guys, and especially DeMar. And, you know, next week it would be even sweeter when he gets his name called. And, um, right now, it's great for me as an individual success, but it's all about the team. However, DeMar DeRozan was not named to the starters list, so the only way DeRozan can make it to the All-Star game is by coach's decision. Now to the weekly games for the Toronto Raptors. 
They took down their playoff rivals, the Brooklyn Nets, Monday night with a 112-100 win to earn their five-straight win. Kyle Lowry led the way with 31 points, along with DeMar DeRozan's 30. Wednesday night, the Raptors hosted the Boston Celtics as former Raptor Amir Johnson made his return to Toronto. Johnson is fifth in most games played as a Raptor with 451. DeRozan put up 34 points while Jonas Valanciunas chipped in with 19 and Luis Luis Scola with 18 in a 115-109 win. The Raptors capped off the week in style, taking down the Miami Heat at home 101-81 Friday night. The NFL has its first full-time female coach. Catherine Smith was promoted by the Buffalo Bills on Wednesday night to take over as special teams quality coach. She will assist special teams coordinator Danny Crossman along with his assistant Eric Smith. Smith's hiring comes after Jen Walter served a six-week training camp internship with the Arizona Coyotes coaching the linebackers. Smith spent previous years with the New York Jets as a player personnel assistant when Rex Ryan took over as coach in 2009. Smith then served as Ryan's assistant in 2014, his final years with the Jets. This is not the first time the Bills broke the gender barrier. Linda Bogdan in 1986 became the NFL's first female scout when she joined the team's player personnel department. Smith's performance is the latest step for women getting a chance to join the coaching ranks in professional sports. In August of 2014, former WNBA player Becky Hammond was hired by the San Antonio Spurs to join head coach Greg Popovich, making her the first NBA full-time paid female assistant coach. So that about does it for this week's episode of What's News This Week. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. We'll be up later tonight with the newest episode. And if you've missed episodes, you can all catch it on iTunes and SoundCloud. We'll be back January 30th with a new episode. If you want to find us on Twitter, I am at the Campwire. And I'm at Canyon Nick. And you can also find the show at What's News This Week podcast. Yes. Thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs>